0: Hello and welcome to TOP, the Open Podcast Podcast. Your hosts Matthias and Wolfgang will guide you through the ecosystem and the tools and services which make podcasting work. And they'll talk about their open source platform for podcast analytics. Let's dive right in. Hello everyone, it's a sunny Monday morning. It is snowy in Innsbruck and the sun is shining in Düsseldorf. And today, we want to talk about something really special, which is feedback channels and standardization. Uh. (laughs) And for the two people that are still left, why is that relevant? Well, because we need a way to collect user feedback. And this is an easy way to help your favorite show too, to create better content. Now, how would a feedback channel work in general. There are a couple approaches and we want to focus on two.
1: But let's jump right into the first approach that we just recently discovered is the RAD approach, the remote audio data. And Matthias, you you
0: have discovered this, this one recently. So what is it? RAD was developed by NPR. <laughs> Lots of abbreviations today. So what is
1: NPR for all the people who don't know that?
0: Yes, NPR is the U.S. National Public Radio. It is a privately and publicly funded non-profit membership media organization. And it has over a thousand public radio stations in the United States. And they produce their own content, news, talk, and music programming. And tons of
1: podcasts, of course.
0: Exactly. And this is why at some point in 2017, they decided to also look into feedback channels for their podcasts. Now, in radio, you have to know, statistics are very hard to
1: find. Because also it can directly translate it into money. Because the price of the ads is directly related to the number of people who listen to the shows, of course. And you want to measure that. So it's super important for the advertisement industry.
0: A lot of that is done manually by people calling other people. And independently from the radio stations, there are institutes that do nothing else but do statistical analysis on the radio market. But for podcasts, that no longer works. And I guess there are better ways to do this, because you can do that digitally. And at least in 2017, they thought that they could solve this problem by implementing a voluntary industry standard. And by that, they meant a way for any podcast platform to integrate their standard and immediately provide feedback to shows. Now, RAD was never meant to replace download statistics, but rather to provide additional data on listening events.
1: We have talked about that several times already, but the really cool data that is provided by Spotify and Apple, for example, how many plays, how many dropouts, how many followers information about the retention of listeners, for example. All this data is super relevant, but it's just provided by Apple and Spotify. And they and they both together form kind of a monopoly. And it's not possible to get such kind of data from other podcatchers, for example.
0: Yes, and the way RAD is implemented is that it's aggregating the data in an analytics endpoint. And then you enrich your MP3s, your audio content with so-called Tags, which are specific time markers that the podcasters themselves input into the MP3s that they want to track. So maybe you have seen that
1: in your favorite podcast player that you have chapters, and those chapter information, for example, they are also encoded in the MP3 audio file at the end. And that's exactly what they also use. They use this metadata part of the audio file where they inject this information about the endpoint and this endpoint which is stored in this metadata block is then used by the podcast fetcher to send information to so for example if you hit the play button in your podcast player then one data point is sent to the endpoint and your play is stored for the
0: podcast host Right. And for example, if you have an ad inside of your episode, then you can have a start and end timer for the ad and you know how many people listen to it. And the important part is that it's not an estimate. You get real
1: data and data points of real place, so verified place. And that's usually
0: the problem because this can only be provided by Spotify or Apple at the moment. And all of this information gets anonymized and aggregated into statistical data. And it gets directly delivered to the podcast creators.
1: I mean, to be fair, we don't know exactly if it's aggregated and anonymized. It should be, but it depends at the end on the endpoint. Because the endpoint could, of course, use the data to correlate users or do some other magic tricks. But, of course, you always have to trust the endpoint at the end.
0: All of the information about the endpoints and so on is stored inside of the MP3 file as a JSON object which is also interesting. So they don't use plain text. They use JSON for that. You can add more than one endpoint. You can add your own metadata that other people can or cannot parse. And you can add as many tags as you want.
1: So it, it sounds like a super flexible standard and it would solve all the problems what we have discussed in previous episodes as well. But why it's not there? Or is it there? It, can, can I
0: use it? How, how would it work for me as a podcast host? That's a good question. You can technically use it by literally just integrating those tags in the respective format into your MP3 files. The question is if anyone would respect those. And this is mostly on the players, on the web players, or also Spotify, Apple, and so on. And so far, only PodTrack has announced to support RAD. We don't know if they do. They said they want to look into an, a better program of some sort. That's what they wrote on their blog post. Other companies that said they will support RAD include ACAST and AdSWiz. But, of course, the big ones like Spotify, Google, and Apple, they have not commented on whether they will support RAD. And since this article was written quite a while ago in 2017, chances are pretty low that they will. And this is the problem with a living standard, because... There is a document describing the mechanism, but at some point you need traction from those bigger players.
1: And even the companies that you have mentioned, they all provide analytics platforms. So those are not the podcatchers that are widely used. And of course, for them, it's beneficial to have such a implementation of the standard to get additional information for their ads and advertisers. But so far, we are not aware of any podcast catcher that implements this standard. And this is the big problem, especially now with this de facto monopoly of Spotify and Apple. And of course, they don't implement that because for them, the data they produce and own, it's a big asset for them.
0: And that's why it also didn't help that NPR provided a software development kit for Android and iOS applications. You could take that code and integrate it into your player and they picked android and ios because those are the biggest mobile platforms and apple google and spotify have players on these handheld devices but no one really integrated them and that's why development has ceased as of today the last commits are from december 2018 for the android client and june 2019 for the ios client now that is a bit of a bitter note.
1: But the cool thing about this standard, or at least the new thing for us, was that they use MP3 because we have mentioned that already in the previous episodes that we want to use the RSS feed maybe for for a feedback channel or other techniques. But they use MP3 files and this matter information block in the MP3
0: file. But yes, what do you think about this approach? It's great because... You are independent of the delivery platform. All the metadata is inside of the audio files themselves. Technically, you could use that for other use cases like public radio, or you could host it somewhere on the internet and still provide some feedback. Even the video LAN client, a media player, could support it, could integrate it. The downside is that if you wanted to change the endpoint, you would have to re-render all of the MP3 files. And if you are a big broadcasting studio and you have millions of mp3 files probably you won't do it because the data the endpoint is hard-coded inside of the media it's closely coupled
1: so even if i download the file and then copy it over to i don't know a usb stick for example and use it in my car and the car player supports this standard then even the play in my car is tracked and sent to this endpoint right
0: as long as your car is connected to the internet yes but I'm really worried about the coupling between the metadata on one side and the delivery platform on the other side. So metadata plus MP3, that's a tricky sale. But coming back to our approach, we have mentioned that
1: already several times in, in previous episodes. We want to start with a super simple approach of thumbs up, thumbs down. So we don't want to track all the plays, for example, of alternative podcatchers. We want to create a feedback channel, a qualitative feedback channel, so that the listener can kind of vote or give feedback, a thumbs up or thumbs down. This episode was cool. This was not that good. So to send just some information to the podcast host.
0: But how would that work?
1: So to keep it as simple as possible, we de- we decided to have just two endpoints, a thumbs up and a thumbs down link more or less and the only thing that you have to transmit to the listener is this information about the two links the two endpoints and that can be done by using multiple protocols implementations however you do that we are not dependent on the technology or the underlying protocol you can send that by adding some information in the rss feed for example but you could also use this mp3 meta information block to describe those two endpoints Or you just use the show notes. And that's how we want to start with, to add two links in the show notes that you can quickly vote thumbs up, thumbs down, and that the podcast host gets additional information that
0: is actively sent by the listener. And that's a way out of the dilemma of having to find a standardization to begin with. No one has to standardize anything. You can start right away. And you're even not dependent on the implementation of the
1: podcast catcher or the podcast player, because a link in the show notes will always work. Of course, it would be a nicer user experience if you have the thumbs up, thumbs down, integrated natively in the UI of the podcatcher, but you don't have to wait for that. You can already use it in the show notes, and even in Spotify, you can use this feedback channel.
0: And then thinking ahead and thinking about deeper analytics, we thought about integrating additional fields into the RSS feed itself. Can you explain how that would work, Wolfgang? We did a super
1: lead start. We just created a super simple definition of the XML elements that you can add to your RSS feed. And RSS is flexible. It's just an XML document, so you can add various fields. You don't break anything. You can just add them. And currently, we have two simple fields, the thumbs up and the thumbs down endpoint, and you can already add this to the RSS feed. And if you are a developer of a web player, for example, you can easily read this information and just add some native thumbs up, thumbs down icons in your UI, for
0: example. Now, of course, we have to address the elephant in the room, which is why should this approach be more popular than what RAD promised? And our answer to that is that Apple and Spotify probably won't integrate this standard. But it's a chance for alternative podcatchers, especially if podcast hosts promote it, to provide additional feedback for their podcasts. Which is currently
1: not possible in Spotify and Apple. You don't have a feedback channel to receive this information. You have, of course, stars and different types of reviews. But there is currently no possibility to send back a quick feedback Thumbs up, thumbs down. This episode was really cool. Next episode, maybe, is not that good. Currently, not possible. With our approach, it would be possible, and you can start with the show notes approach, and then maybe some bot catchers. see the possibility to implement a new cool feature that is requested by a lot of hosts, and at the end, the hosts will also promote those bot catchers because the podcast hosts, they want to get their feedback, and they will promote in their shows, please use our feedback channel, use those links, and maybe then at the end they will also promote other bot catchers. Maybe you can use this podcatcher because they natively implement our feedback channel. So at the end it, it will be a win-win for both sides and hopefully many
0: players and bot catchers will implement this simple feature. At the end of the day you have to decide who owns this medium podcasts. Is it the big stations? Is it the big broadcasters? Or is it the users, the creators, the influencers? And the influencers have a chance to put pressure on the bigger platforms for new features like that. So think about it. And if
1: you like this episode, please go down into the show notes. Find this link to, to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. Because this is the world's premier of our feedback channel system and it's the first episode that implements that so be the first user that uses this feature
0: that will change the world (laughs) at least the podcast world hopefully (laughs) make your voice heard and speaking of which also make sure to make your voice heard over all the other social media channels we have, Twitter, GitHub, links no, but that yes, we, we
1: No, Matthias, we no longer need those feedback channels. We have now our thumbs up, thumbs down feedback channel. We no longer need Twitter, email, whatever it
0: is. This is the future. Yeah, most of these platforms could be replaced with a simpler mechanism anyway, yeah.
1: But if you want to provide more feedback than just thumbs up, thumbs down, feel free to send us a message on Twitter or email, or whatever communication platform you prefer and we support. You will find all this
0: information on our website, openpodcast.dev. And with that, it's a wrap. See you next week. Ciao.